0: comics and everything comic-related on Just Drawn That Way with Dustin B. Now let the invasion begin. All right, welcome back, faithful listeners. Uh, It is me, Dustin B. I am back after my little hiatus from last week. I unfortunately attempted to uh, battle a cold, and I lost. So, this week on comic news. So, I'm sure anyone who's uh, been in the comic scene for a little while has uh, seen the news of Captain America. Well, that was... Interesting, to say the least. I got to admit, I wasn't too thrilled myself at the uh, news. Although, to be nice to anyone who actually hasn't read this, we're going to leave it a little bit spoiler-free, and I'm just going to give my thoughts. So, um, Captain America is Marvel's version of... Marvel's kind of Boy Scout character, much like how Superman is usually portrayed. But much like Superman, he has kind of remained in a bit of a bubble for quite some time there's never really been a huge static change to captain america he's always been the boy scout character always had the shield and uh, yeah rogers just hasn't changed a whole lot so the most recent writer who i will salute for the copious amount of hate mail he has probably received in regards to this little change hey man you're braver than me so but this is much like how uh it gives you a new way to look at captain america Much like a Superman arc in the New 52, and yes, I'm actually referring to a New 52 arc, so, well, there's my second sin for today. Superman was put down to about half strength, and even the cape and costume had changed to a Superman t-shirt and a pair of jeans, but it was the first Superman arc I actually read all the way through, and I had to admit it was a pleasant change. I liked it. So I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt. Um, The comic community... The publishing side, artists, writers, have all voiced their thoughts on it. Stan Lee applauded it for being a pretty brave idea to go out and take that chance, although I don't see him taking Spider-Man in nearly the same type of direction. Jim Zub, a writer for a series called Wayward, which will be eventually reviewed in this series. He actually voiced his thoughts on it as well, and he may know something that a lot of us don't, so... We'll see how that plays out. Up after that is going to be our review for this week. It's going to be monstrous. It's, uh, well, we're going a little off the beaten path for the first few uh, stories. We did, well, Batgirl and Miss Marvel, which were bread and butter DC and Marvel titles, which this is a little bit more indie. It's world crafting at its finest, of course. The other thing I'm going to talk about this week is going to be trying to raise up the social media. So at Just Drawn Radio, we talk, I usually give you guys previews of what's going on. I also drop the Instagram link to uh, see examples of the art from each series that I discuss. However, we're going to start something new. Fan Art Friday. So the idea behind this is I'm going to find some fan art online of various titles. Both DC, Marvel, and off the beaten path, of course. And and hey, even famous artists with uh, doing their own thing. I may throw that up on there as well. However, I am going to throw a shout out to any local artist or artist who is listening to this. You got fan art of a character? Drop it at Just Drawn Radio. That's the Twitter handle, and I'll be more than happy to throw it up along with a link to your social media sites or your deviantart page, whatever you got on there. So, the other thing I was thinking of since I actually did a audio section on two Saturdays ago called with the su- superhero mixtape. I'm thinking maybe we're going to do a little of that, maybe 5 to 10 tracks. I will host it on Spotify for people to listen to and we'll call that Soundtrack Saturday. Let me know what you guys think. So, The other thing I'm going to take a quick mention of is going to be the CJTR annual music garage sale is on Saturday, June 4th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at The Exchange. We got a $2 admission fee, thousands of LPs and CDs, stereo equipment, musical instruments, and more at low prices. So, hey, you know what? If you're an audiophile, there could be something funky there for you to find. So, hey, you know, go check it out. And besides, it's 2 bucks. It's less than your average Starbucks coffee, guys. We're also going to have live DJ sets by CJTR radio volunteers all day. Unfortunately, that probably won't be me, as I don't think anybody really wants to hear me talk about comics in the sun for half an hour to an hour. Nacho Fiesta food truck will also be on site. For more info there, visit cjtr.ca. Now, all money raised from the sale supports your non-profit community radio station, 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina's Community Radio. And, hey, keeps people like me on the air and, well, telling you about comics. So. <clears throat> Next up, we're going to do a little bit of a musical break. So, anyone who does want to bring up the Instagram to see examples of pages from Monstrous, again, one more time, it's at Just Drawn Radio on Twitter, and you'll find the Instagram link on the first on there. So, I'm going to take you to a little bit of a musical break. It's going to be Miracle of Sound with Lady of Worlds.
1: i film a flicker of wild eyes she's new living-
0: And we are back. That was Miracle of Sound with Lady of Worlds. So, if you can guess, usually what I'll do with the sound, the, the uh, music that we throw in here, is usually something to do with the comics that we're going to talk about. So, Lady of Worlds, Wild Eyes, and well, a lot of color. So, we're going to talk about Monstrous today. Monstrous is done by Marjorie Lou and Sana Takeda, a fantastic artist, and you should definitely check out his art. He's published countless titles, as well as he is a artist for Marvel, and he has worked with Liu in the past. Now, Marjorie Liu is a definitely a really interesting woman. She's a successful author with more than twenty novels, novellas, and short stories, and comics. Like that is a huge range, and coming from somebody who does do writing as for both novel and comics, that's a interesting kind of way of turning things around, because you have to think about comics in a completely different way than you'd think about writing a novel. So, very cool. She is also a woman of color and a bar-certified lawyer. Oh, can't really say that about too many comic writers, can you? Now, for San Takeda, and definitely one of my favorite artists, he's a Japanese artist who has worked extensively for Marvel on various titles, as well as art for a variety of video games. And by a variety, I do mean a lot. I stopped counting after 15 different titles I found this guy on. And, of course, these two have worked on projects with Marvel together, so they're a perfect fit. And You can definitely see that reflected in the writing and the art. They're definitely a great uh, team, and I'm looking forward to more of their more of their work. So today we're going to be talking about the first six issues, or trade paperback one, of uh, Monstrous. However, Monstrous is not out in trade form yet. Feel free to find the ninety nine versions on Comixology or at your local tramps or comic readers. They probably have them kicking around there somewhere. Although, before I do say this, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. This one is, unlike uh, Batgirl and Miss Marvel, this is an adult-rated book. Adult themes, adult graphics, and a little bit of adult language. However, your mileage may vary. This story centers around the protagonist, Micah Half-Wolf. A girl with mysteries all over the place. Um, she initially begins the story with part of one arm amputated, gaps in her past looking for answers. She goes on a quest, obviously a very dangerous one, just to get answers, a little bit of revenge, find herself, and maybe just to figure out about to do with the monster within her. And yes, the monstrous title is referring to her, and this thing definitely has a little bit of an attitude problem when it comes out to play. So it's definitely, definitely interesting when that part of her rears its ugly head. So, we're going to give you a quick synopsis of the initial story. It's set in a world populated by humans, magical half-breeds, and evil sorceresses. The first half of the arc is M- Micah Halfwolf, a humanoid arcanic with a dark past and a torture present. At odds with the Cumia, a COVID coven of witches who uses the arcanic's own life force to feed their ways, her journey is one, I- one, uh, in- one interesting trip. It does deal with slavery, racism, the horrors of war... Her world is definitely portrayed as a bleak one, and the book doesn't shy away or try and candy coat any of it. By and sh- you see all the harsh realities. Of course, there's more to her than simply Micia, and a war between the Arcanics and the witches brewing. Her secret puts every, her squarely in both sides' crosshairs. Also, on an interesting note, her uh, little fox sidekick Kippa is awesome. Seriously, guys, when you just, when you read the book, look at all the reactions and the way that uh, Sina portrays him. It's adorable. So, first thing we're going to talk about, the art. It's set in an art deco style, but it's uh, very muted colors, misty, a little bit faded. It definitely gives a very mystical feel of the world around it. The art deco style is part of the architecture and also on the inner title pages, often part of the cover. Seriously, guys, if you can, even just go to Comixology and look at the titles. These are fantastic. The ink alone is just so complex, but Perfect. During its and now for a little bit of background info, during its heyday, Art Deco represented luxury, glamour, exuberance, and faith in social and technological progress. Color palette is part of this as a textured background. Even just like the smallest details—leaves, bricks, characters—you name it—you see this beautiful texture work underneath. I am very I. It looks like a mixture of watercolor and digital, and it's. It's fantastic. I admit that every page I read, I actually went back and reread these pages just to look at the art. So, contrasting the art style about, uh, luxury, glamour, and faith, these are, you, there's definitely a little bit of an extra reason behind that. Especially when it comes to the powers. These are found in monsters. It, the first issue begins with an auction of beings, arcanics. These are monsters that have abilities that can be harvested by the witches and you don't want to... Well, I'm not going to ruin it for you guys, but it definitely doesn't go well for them. They're auctioned off as slaves. They're also visually monsters, so you're going to see cyclopses, foxes. The whole gamut of mythology you're going to see represented in the Arcanics. Some are taken for experiments. There's a familiar ring of history from our own world with the talk of uh, walls to separate the human from the inhuman. You will also eventually learn that there is a war going on between the uh, humans and the Arcanics, or monsters. Despite the art, this world is a world of dissolute. There are a few good humans, but definitely yeah, few and far between. Certainly, some are supposed to be good. Good supposed monsters, but those in power among the humans are generally pretty monstrous. And even the art and character design betrays it with sharp angles, very sinister-looking. Very sinister-looking humans, especially once you meet the coven's, and their slowly, their physical appearance does come to match what's on the inside for them. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. The monsters, by comparison, help the protagonist. They're more likely to be kind, and even the ones that are portrayed as scary, such as the giant Onis, they have very curved and very kind of soft looks to them. So even though this monstrous Oni is, like, towering over Micah, you definitely can still tell that she's a friendly character just by that. So, and it really comes to actually ask, get us the question of who is the monster? Where do they come from, especially in war? Those we label monsters are rarely monsters are rarely as monstrous as the ones that, uh, well, the humans portray. Humans portrayed around them. We sometimes we especially when you see the coven's they, how they project their worst aspects onto whatever they call the other. Usually, if they behave monstrously, because we made them. So a lot of the times when you see Mica finally uh, deal with her antagonists, you see that point when she finally breaks down and decides to fight back. So, one character notes that the witches made Maika a monster, or a monstrous, as they eventually term her. That is interesting because you, just, you learn that there is something secret within her that not, no other, either arcanist or human, possesses. As you can guess, the monstrous is not in our world. There's monsters, of course, there's magic, talking cats with two tails, and for the record, the cat is one of my other favorite characters. I can't really quote one of my favorite lines from it, but you'll find it in issue too, I'm sure you can guess. There is also talk of ancient gods, so creatures that existed before either humans or the arcanists, and they're definitely uh, gone but not forgotten, and well, especially for two of them, you're eventually going to see they're definitely not gone. There is a little bit of history given between the War of the Humans and the Non-Humans, They used to live together in peace, but something definitely broke down between them. Eventually, they uh, will breach upon what that is. However, it hasn't been completely explained for up to issue six, mainly due to the how they've chosen to portray the story. And that's where we get into the world crafting. So, when building a world, it has to be believable to succeed. lots of superhero comics use our world or at least one like it. Familiarity makes it something that we can relate to we understand that's the way the world works this one is not it is not our world at all but Lou does a great job of creating a believable world world of mythologies and legends something brutal and scary but with hints of beauty and magical especially in the art again I gotta talk about that art she does a great job of giving pieces to the reader with a follow up on anything that the, the reader should feel useful is done in these little comic sections at the end of the book called Pro- Professor Tam. It's They definitely actually try and also alleviate a little bit of the uh, darkness that you, you're you traditionally exposed to in the beginning of the Monstrous book with these humorous little cat uh, comics. So now we're going to talk a little bit on the mythology. There are various monsters portrayed throughout Monstrous and some of them do base themselves on well, traditional mythology. The Kitsune or the fox kid Kippa there's a Cyclops there are animal gods, especially when we see the Council of dusk there's also a little bit of drawing from traditional art traditional historic knowledge witches and nuns. These things are explained so or these things don't need to be explained to the reader directly. we kind of get an idea of what they are and what they should be about, or at least we'll give the author some time to explain while we hear author some time to explain it while we wait so Now we're going to take another little bit of a break. This time we're going with Aurora running with the wolves. See you in a couple when you're on 91.3 FM CJTR.
2: Go roll the boat to safer grounds, but don't you know we're stronger now? My heart still beats. My skin still feels, my lungs still breathe, my mind still feels, but we're running out of time, all the echoes in my mind cry. My mouth can speak, my spirit talks. I know my soul believes.
0: And we're back for five more minutes. Sorry, we had to cut that one a little bit early. There's a little bit more information I wanted to give out. So, in case you were wondering, that was Running With The Wolves and Aurora. And if any of this music is interesting to you guys, I will definitely throw up the link to the Spotify playlist on the Twitter feed. So, we're going to talk a little bit more about Marjorie Lou. give you a preview of next week, and, well, that's all for me this week, folks. So... The one interesting thing I do want to mention about Monstrous is Liu has stated one of her goals in this was to write five women or female characters for every man or male character. This is contrast to the usual situation in so much pop culture, especially when you see more modern superhero stories such as the Avengers. This flips that one on its head right there, folks. So... There are women in every role in this book. Villains, torturers, supporters, helpers, betrayers, friends. There's the whole gamut right there. Only one really ongoing male character that's been through all the books. A cat. And he's kind of a smart, smart, like jerk, but he definitely helps kind of alleviate some of the tenseness of a lot of these, a lot of these situations. I also wanted to give a quick thought on genre for this. So what is the genre? This one lands in a Venn diagram. It's not one clearly portrayed type of story. There are fantasy elements, magic, gods, mythical creatures. There's also horror, monsters, violence, especially the monsters itself. And that guy, when it breaks through, I'm guessing it's going to be one heck of a story at that point. But it is a blend of the two. It's not quite a dark fantasy, but usually contemporary in these types of stories. The author is also a writer for comics and various genres and a more traditional author. I think that definitely helps her make it helps her make the story more interesting because then you actually get to see what a traditional writer would do instead of a comic writer. Which, well, in the situation definitely works for. But well, it's I I wish I had more time. I could definitely tell you more of her more of the stories that she has written and definitely worth checking out. But we'll save that for the Twitter feed or maybe I'll give a quick shout on that next week. So, we got three minutes left of the show, so I'm gonna quickly talk about what's coming up next week. We actually have another special guest coming in, and I swear this is not because I don't feel like writing a script next week. Actually, he, I've been trying to get him on the show since I got the okay to be on the air. Jason Demers, he's an English prof from the University of Regina. He teaches one of the most awesome classes ever. Comics and cartoons. It's a, I think it's open to anyone who's met a credit amount or an English major i can 't recommend it enough. It was actually one of my favorite classes that semester. a lot of really cool talks, and even gave me ways to think about my own comics and art so i 'm looking forward to having him on the next on next week and Well, there is next week i 'm also going to talk about rat Queens and some of the interesting situations that have surrounded that, especially with its uh hiatus and kind of give thoughts on whether or not you should support and should support the work in spite of an artist being less than uh, Well, less than open or honest about the situations. I, in my personal opinion, support the art, not the artist. So if it looks interesting to you, give it a read. If somebody else is wondering about it, give your honest thoughts on the book, not the artist. Because if somebody actually falls in love with the book and they find more comics just based off of that, it's a great idea. Give them a shot. So we got two minutes left now. I'm once again going to talk about the Twitter, Just Drawn Radio. If there's any books that you guys are interested in or have, there's a lot to digest for it, check it out if you like. If you're even curious about my thoughts, I've read way too many comics and I think I pretty much just outed myself as having not a whole lot of a social life. So ask me my thoughts. I'd be more than happy to put together a review on a show for you, even if it's just a quick five-minute blurb. So we're going to end it now since we have one minute left and the Queen City Improvement Bureau is coming up next. And I really don't want to get on those guys' bad side. They seem like they uh, have an awesome show every time. And, well, hey, you know what? Keep tuning in to CJTR Radio because there's a lot of great shows on the Thursday, po- Thursday Power Evening. So one more time for Just Drawing That Way, this is Dustin B. signing off. Have a great night, guys.